Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right. Good morning. How are you guys? How did it feel just to get together and worship God for a little bit, huh? So good to be in God's presence. Amen. I'm so happy to see all of you guys. I'm always happy when I can see you all the way back. So awesome just being together, brothers and sisters, encouraging each other and getting equipped and prepared so that we can go out and be the church. Amen. All of the church's work is outside of the building, right? We come in here to be filled up with God's word and be prepared and inspired and equipped. And then we go and do the things that Jesus did. So it's such an awesome thing. Serve Day was amazing yesterday. I'm excited. I'm ready for Serve Day next year. It's like it's the heart of the church, missions and outreach, and we'd love to do that. Um, so happy for all of you that were a part of that. Whether you were able to be there yesterday or you just give to missions here. I know everyone may not have the time to show up, but you're giving to missions your prayer, it allows us to all be together, and it's, it's an outreach of us as a church all together, whether you were there or not yesterday. It's so awesome. I'm excited about the Gary Wood team that's here. Um, can we give a hand for them again? So excited. They're, they're from Hueytown, Alabama, from Gary Wood Assembly of God, and that's mine and Carrie's hometown. We're from Hueytown, so it makes it even more special that they're here. And Pastor Kyle has, uh, I, he was here, so I said, hey, we'd love to hear from you. Will you share with us on Sunday? So he said, you know, he's here to do, do whatever. He's just here to serve God. And, and he said yes. And so I'm excited to invite him up here. Can we give Pastor Kyle a warm made on welcome? Thank you, Pastor Chris. And, uh, yeah, that was a big um, kind of gamble for Pastor Chris. He had never heard me speak, and I could have been terrible, and I may still be terrible. But, um, but he uh, has been just so kind to us, the, the whole team has. Um, like Pastor Chris said, I, my name is Kyle. Um, we are from the U.S. in Alabama, and it's really far away. I don't know if you know that, but it's not like on the complete other side of the world, um, which our world is big. And um, we, we traveled really far. We're so glad to be here, though. So glad to uh, just experience Indonesia and, and you. And uh, we love being here. I brought my wife uh, this morning and I brought our amazing team. Uh, so if our team's in here, could you just wave? You may see them around uh, also. There were some of them pl playing up here um, earlier. And if you just see them, just give them a hug. Uh, just wrap your arms around their necks um, gently, though. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Thank you for letting us be here. Pastor Chris and Carrie have been so good to us. Thank you guys so much for all you've done for us. Um, and their team is amazing. Um, your IC Maidan team is incredible. Could you give them a huge round of applause? They deserve it. And um, We've been really busy since we got here. Uh, we, we had uh, two services last Sunday that we were a part of. And then we went to the Yachin House for three days, I think. And it was incredible. Um, who's been to the Yachin House before? 
If, if you haven't been, you need to go because those kids are, are so awesome. They will take your heart and they will hold on to it and they will give you love like you've never seen before. We went to go minister, but we felt like we were ministered to uh, even more than, than what we gave away. So um, they were so great. Uh, There's a piece of our heart that was left at the auction house. And then uh, we had another service um, on, on Wednesday, and our team was part of the Bold and Brave Teen Night that was here on Friday. Um, they had a great time. Um, the, your teens are fantastic, and, and they just had a really good time. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but it's really hot here in, in Indonesia. And um, especially this past week, it's been very hot. I've sweat more than I ever have uh, total in my life. Um, I lost about 50 pounds uh, of just sweat, but uh, fortunately, I gained it all back because the food is so good. So I just, we just kept eating. Um, this is the longest break I've had from eating. Uh, actually, that's not true. I just ate a little bit of the uh, little war rice stuff. It was, it was delicious. But uh, so I've gained it back. Don't worry. Um, and then uh, just a little bit about me. I, I'm 34 years old. I'm about to be 35. Um, I love uh, just to laugh and have a good time. Um, that's, um, that's my favorite, to laugh. Laughing is my favorite. And, um, but it's, uh, that's really the most important thing about me is that <laughs> I love to laugh. Um, and uh, my wife and I, we left three very important little people back home. We have a picture of them. Um, this little boy over here is our youngest child. His name is Ezra, but we call him Belly Raptor, and then we just call him Belly for short. Um, but he's two. He's hilarious. He's crazy. They're all crazy. Um, they're just so loud, and um, they fight all the time. But it's like play fight, but they still get hurt. Um, so that's Ezra. Our middle child, his name is Lorne, like corn, but with an L, so Lorne. Um, and he's, he's so funny. Um, we think he's just adorable. Um, he's got a bit of a temper, um, and he kind of reminds me of his father. Um, but uh, he's, really, he's really funny. Um, and then our, our oldest child is Beckett. Uh, he is seven years old, and he's um, so weird, just a weird little boy. Um, but we love him. We wouldn't change that for the world. He's, he's never really met a stranger. He'll just talk to anybody. He'll walk up and um, literally strangers just t on the street. Hi. <laughs> and, um, and he kind of reminds me uh, of me. when he Sometimes we'll get in the car and we'll drive for like an hour. And he'll have not stopped talking the entire time. And it's just about nothing. It's mostly dinosaurs, but usually nothing. Um, but he just talks and talks. And he kind of reminds me of me when I was his age. When I was in school, um, you know, we had our seat, and, but I never liked to be in it. I would just rather go and hang out with my friends um, and just talk to them and, and um, about nothing. But my teachers would always be like, Kyle, get back to your seat. And I'm like, okay. And then I would just get up again and go. But I don't know if, if you've ever had this at your school, but when I was little, we had parent-teacher meetings where the, the parents would come to the school, and then um, they would talk to your teachers about your progress and how you're doing in, in, in the class. Um, 
But that was really good for some people. Like they would go home and like they, the teacher would have a really good report. But I was always in trouble when I left um, because there was never a real good report. In fact, most of the time my teachers would just say, um, Kyle has really good potential. And really all they were saying was that, you know, uh, there's really nothing good to say except for he's a nice boy <laughs> and he can learn if he wants to. Um, but uh, so, uh, you know, I, I lost my spot. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. Okay. Um, I've, this is, hasn't happened yet. This is new. This is not part of it. <laughs> I don't know where it went. I guess I'm just going to have to try and remember. Um, so anyways, uh, so my, my teachers would just say, he's got a lot of potential. But the truth is, I think, I think we all have a lot of potential. And the first thing, uh, I, and that's really what I want to talk about today, is, is our potential. And the first thing is the potential of God's word. I know this looks really scary. I'm going to get to it in just a second. It's not that scary, though. Um, but uh, <laughs> the potential of God's word. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And that's Hebrews 4.12. And I started thinking... Uh, just about um, the Word of God. And it, I believe so strongly that it never returns void, that when we read the Word of God, there is always something that we can take from it. And when I read this, and, and the Bible even uh, talks about how the Word of God is, is like a double-edged sword, I started to think about a sword and how powerful a sword can be. And you think about the sharpest scariest, most skilled sword that has ever been created, much like this one. Um, but when you, when you think of a sword, like, there's such a useful tool. Like, you could take a sword, and you could take it to the, you know, the jungle or something. You can make your way a path, you know, or, like, you can, uh, when we were at the Yachin house, it was, it was pretty amazing. They climbed up this tree. In fact, one of our guys climbed up the tree and knocked down two coconuts of his own, uh, but they knocked down about 50 for us, uh, and the, uh, his, name was, his name was Belly, the, the little boy who walked up, so we remember him pretty well, but he kind of shimmied up there really fast, um, and then he disappeared for a minute, and then coconuts just started falling from the sky. It was amazing, but so you would take, you know, if I had my really sharp, amazing sword. I could help, like, open the coconuts up. You know, they're, they're really useful tools. Or if someone was trying to attack me, I could fend them off because that's how we do things now. Um, but swords are pretty, pretty amazing and really useful if you use them, if you pick them up. See, the Bible is a lot like that. If someone was coming at me and they were trying to attack me, I would have to pick up this sword and, and use it. But if I just said, watch out, 
I have a sword, but never picked it up, I would still be attacked. So in the same way, when we, when we look at the, at the Bible and we, we have the Bible, it's amazing. The potential of the Bible is incredible. And so if, if we have it, but we never pick it up, it's really not of any use to us. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Scripture is God-breathed. God made scripture. And in the same way, God has breathed his life into us. When he created Adam and, and he created him from the dirt, uh, and he breathed life into Adam, we are God-breathed too. And I, I just think it's so amazing that the two uh, are, go hand in hand. Humans and God's word, we, we need each other. It's, we can't have one. If there's God's word but no humans, then, then God's word is just by itself. And if there's humans but not God's word, then we're aimless and we have nowhere to go and no reason to be there. But God's word uh, is God-breathed, and it's useful. It's so useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. If I have this sword but I have no idea how to use it, it's pointless to me. But the beautiful thing about our sword, the word of God, is that it comes with its own directions. Inside the word of God is how to use it and what it's used for and, and who we follow and how we train other people to follow Jesus and who he is. So it's, it's amazing. The second thing I really want us to, to look at is the potential of God's word. I mean, people. <laughs> the potential of God's people. In Matthew 14, 28 through 30, it says this. Uh, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Peter is, is, makes me have hope for me. See, Peter was a really kind of funny guy. He would always say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. He was kind of a silly character, and um, he kind of gives me hope that if God can use Peter, he can use me, right? Because there's lots of times where, where Peter would say something or do something, and, and Jesus would have to turn around and be like, Peter, stop. Stop cutting people's ears off. Just quit it, man. And so Peter, even in this moment, and I don't know if this was smart or, or not, of Peter, they're on this boat in the middle of this body of water, and the, and the storm came, and there, there's wind, and there's rain, and there's waves, and they're at, you know, they're on this boat, and everyone's getting sick probably, and so they're just rocking back and forth, and, and they're probably just, you know, hoping that someone's going to see land, so they're all just around the edge of the boat, and someone sees something out in the distance, and they're like, is that a tree? No. Oh, my goodness, what is that? And they're like, it's probably a monster. And they're like, no, monsters are under the sea, not on top of the sea. And so they, they, 
They say, well, well, it's a person. And the other person, one of the other disciples like, no, you fool. People don't walk on water. And, and then the other one's like, yeah, but ghosts do. It's a ghost. Watch out. So they're all terrified and freaking out. And then Jesus is like, or the, the being is like, it's not a ghost. It's me, Jesus. And then Peter, in all of his wisdom, says something really dumb. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to get out of the boat and walk to you. Can I just say there's better ways to figure out if it's Jesus than to step out onto an ocean that is wanting to swallow you up? Like maybe, Jesus, if it's you, stop with the waves. Like he's done that before, right? <laughs> so, but Peter, it worked for Peter. It worked for Peter and the, the cool thing is this, Peter is the only person now in all of history that can say, I walked on water. I mean, Jesus did, but he's 100% man, 100% God. But Peter is the really just the only 100% man person that can say, I walked on water. What have you done? So Peter has this, this great testimony about the, the goodness of God and the strength of God and the, and the power of Jesus. And just a few chapters later, we see that, that Jesus starts asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they say, oh, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're like the reincarnation of someone else. And, but, but then Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah. And what's neat is in Matthew 16, 18, it says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The cool thing about Peter is that he, he's just like, he says things, right? He says things that, that are kind of crazy sometimes, and he calls Jesus the Messiah. But the reason that, G, that Peter believes so strongly in Jesus is because he's experienced Jesus so strongly. Like, when he's walking on water, he's experiencing the Godship of Jesus. When he's sinking and Jesus picks him up, he's experiencing Jesus as his literal Savior. He gets to see that. Now, one thing that... Um, I got to do when we were at the Yachin house is I got to take this rock. I didn't ask. I just took it. Um, but they said it was okay um, when I told them, when I confessed my sin. I said I stole this rock. They said it was fine. But, but one thing that, that um, there's a saying in, in America, and it's not a nice saying. It's, it's really not. Um, and so I don't recommend you use it to insult anybody. It's really talking about someone's intelligence. Um, you can say something like, you're dumber than a box of rocks. Because rocks, they really don't have anything to them. There's not a lot to these rocks. There's, you know, they're, they're just here. <laughs> There's not, but, but they have potential. They have potential to be something incredible. Like uh, if you put a couple of the, like a, a few rocks together, it, it has the potential to be like a nice floor, right? Yeah, I mean, you can kind of make a road or, or a street out of it. It'd be kind of bumpy, but you could. Or um, a wall, you could build a wall out of it or, 
you know, a, a tiny house or something. Um, but the other thing is, uh, like, rocks would be really good as, like, um, a collection. Like, you can have a collection of rocks of different places that you've been. Like, if I took this one home and people are like, hey, what, what's with the rock? I'd be like, oh, I got it in Indonesia. You should totally go and get yourself a rock. It's really great. Um, or if, uh, you know, if I really needed it, uh, I could hammer something with it. You know, rock, I mean, just if I didn't have a hammer, I could use a rock. Or uh, if I had to grind something down, I could grind, I can use a rock. It would be great. But just a rock in general, they're not very special, but they have potential to be special. Um, and potential is this. It's the makings of something great. You have all the ingredients. It's just not quite great yet. Like we think about um, cake. Does anybody like cake? I love cake. But if I just had the ingredients, like if I had an, uh, an egg and some flour uh, and some sugar um, and milk or something, just because I have the ingredients doesn't mean I automatically have a cake. I have the potential for a cake, right? But, uh, but this rock has the potential to be something great. Now, Peter, when he calls Jesus uh, Messiah and Savior. Jesus is like, only the Holy Spirit can tell you this. And then he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's a pretty great compliment for a rock. When you think about Peter and the things that he said and done in the past, like, he could have just kind of been swept to the side, but Jesus saw the potential in Peter, and he said, I'm going to use you, Peter, for incredible things. And that's us. That's you and me. If, if Jesus can use Peter, he can use you. And, and just, like, if, if you just think that you have the same value as a rock, God can use that rock. God can use you as an individual, and God can also use us together, uh, and, and that's what I, I want to talk about next, the potential of God's church, and this is kind of a long uh, scripture, but it's really important. It's in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 10. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of, whom, of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. 
God is so good. Jesus is so good to us. He's accepted us and brought us in, uh, into his family, adopted us into his family. He's given us a home. He's given us a place. He's given us a family. That is the church. That's what the church is. And I'm not just saying I see made on. It's, it's the big church, the global church. You and me, we are family. And that's something I got to, to say to everyone we met. It's really great to meet our family in Indonesia. It was really great to meet you because we knew you were here, but how great it is to experience you and to be with you and to sing and to worship with you. Because when we think about the church and we think about who Jesus is, that, that we really get to, to see exactly what his plan is, what God's plan is for us. We might just think like we're just... These rocks, we're just lowly, insignificant rocks. But the truth is this. As you come to him, a living stone, a rock, you're a living rock, a living stone. You may have been rejected by men. And I think a lot of us have felt that in our lives before, where we've not been accepted by people. Yeah, and it could be even our, our own families, where we've been rejected by our families. But here... Uh, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, you are chosen and you are precious. You're like a gemstone to him. You're like a diamond to him. You're so much bigger than you even think in his mind. Like, you are so precious to him. And as the church, all of us together, one rock is great. Like, we can make a difference. One of us can make a difference. We mean a lot. There's a lot to us, but if we come together and we build on top of each other, if we come together and we unite as the church, as Jesus is our foundation, and then we just start stacking our stones next to one another, using each other, it says right here that we are creating a church. We're creating a, a precious place uh, that is God's. You and I together, we're the church. We, we can create something so much bigger than just one of us can. I'm going to ask our, our worship team to come up, or one of them to come on up. I love, I love, I love what Jesus does. He brings unity. He brings purpose and life. He brings a reason to be here together. You and I, we can do a lot by ourselves, but together we can create a culture that follows Jesus, that accepts people, that brings others with us to meet him and to follow him. And Jesus is, is just wanting so badly for us all to work together Yesterday was an incredible example of the big church. I see Maidon is fantastic. And we love Pastor Chris and we love Karen. We lo love what they're doing here. We love uh, their hearts. But even if you ask them, they're just one piece of the puzzle. They're, they're stones like the rest of us. 
that are being put in specific places to be used to their fullest potential. That's all of us. God wants to use all of us to our fullest potential. He wants to use his word. He wants us to use his word to its fullest potential. And when we pick it up and we read it and we live it out, there's no end to what his word can accomplish. But it takes us personally as one stone to pick it up and to carry it to the next stone. And when we find each other, we can stack and build and create something so much bigger than we could have by ourselves. We create a sanctuary. We create a family, a home for those who don't have any. We need each other. Us in the U.S., we need you. And you, you need us. Not because we have anything extra special, but because we are all united by Jesus. We're all focused on Jesus. And one of my favorite things about going to a new place is worshiping with, with our family. Because it may be in a different language. We may not look alike. We may not, not even have the same um, uh, food or, or anything. We may not share any um, uh, commonalities, things that are the same. But the one thing that we have is Jesus. We are united by a Savior. We all need him. And I'm just so thankful for who he is and what he does and what he's doing here. I'm really going to ask you guys and challenge you to commit to God's word. To, to, to commit to reading his word. To knowing what it says to knowing the character of God, to knowing the character of Jesus, to knowing his desires for your life and his desire for us to reach others. I'm going to ask you to, to really commit to living to your fullest potential as just an individual, no matter what's going on around you, that you commit that, Jesus, whatever you want, I will become. Wherever you place me, I will be there. Whatever you want to speak through me, I will say. And then to commit as a church together. Again, the global church, the big church. That you would commit to being a part of what God is doing in, in, in a much larger scale. Because we need each other. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to ask God that, that he would guide us, that his Holy Spirit would move us and, and be exactly who he's called us to be. Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much. God, that you see potential in each one of us, even if we don't see it in ourselves, that there's value in us that we are chosen and we are precious, each and every individual in this place. You see us and you love us. Lord, thank you so much for your word. It tells us everything we need to know. It tells us where to go and what to do and who to talk to and how to talk to them. 
And God, it's all in love, and it's all pointing to you. And Jesus, thank you for your church. God, thank you for the potential that your church has, which is to change the world. Let us not take that lightly. But God, let us hold strong to your truth, hold strong to who you are, and to follow you together as one family, as one voice, with one purpose, and that's to build your kingdom, Jesus. We love you, and we need you. We declare our dependency upon you. Holy Spirit, move us for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen.